I'm Jeff. I'm Kia. And I'm Craig. And, and we, we just, just watched Parents. We literally just watched it. Coming soon, Randy Quaid, Mary Beth Hurt, Sandy Dennis, and director Bob Balaban bring you a fresh look at family life. The Lemley family is moving up in the world. Rise and shine! But something is eating at young Michael Lemley. You're not scared of your room, are you? Michael, the cellar's dark. Everything's dark at night. His parents think Michael's problem is in his head. But Michael knows it's on his plate. What are we? Leftovers, honey. Leftovers from mom. <laughs> from the refrigerator. We had leftovers every day since we moved here. I'd like to know what they were before they were leftovers. Before that, they were leftovers to be. Michael, there's nothing to be frightened of. Now, there's a new name for terror. Parents. <laughs> Bedtime. Parents starring Randy Quaid and Mary Beth Hurt Hurt and Sandy Dennis. Um, And introducing Brad Midorsky. Yes. Yes. Directed by Bob Balaband. Seinfeld fame. Right. I had no clue who this person was. And Phoebe Buffay's father on Friends. A Buffay. Yeah, he was on Seinfeld. He was in all the Christopher Guest movies. Uh, He was in... What was that? Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Uh, he, was in, he was in Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Yeah, he was younger. He had the, a beard. Interesting. You know I mean? Wow. He, he goes actually, back. Yeah. He's been around for a while. He's he's a funny guy. This is one, a movie he directed. I yeah. didn't know he was... That's the thing I didn't know about was that he was also a director. Um, um, yeah, this is, this is a uh, film I stumbled on because uh, my friend Adam from work uh, recommended it to us and uh, lent it out to us. We have a DVD um, uh, of it. By the way, this is also available to stream on Shutter, and uh, it has a cult following. So it's about ready to be re-released on mm. Blu-ray for the first time huh. in uh, January, um, and it's from uh, Vestron Video. Is the name of the company. Um, but Blumhouse, you guys know Blumhouse, the film studio, they do a lot of, um, uh, or Blumhouse.com, they do a lot of like horror reviews, and uh, I, I thought that they were a actual um, studio that produced horror films, but now it kind of escapes my Blumhouse? Brain. Yeah, Blumhouse. They've done, don't they do um, Sinister? Yeah, I thought. And um, I know they have that, that, TV, that game show on Game Show Network called Elevator. Okay. So they've done Paranormal Activity, Sinister, uh, The Purge, um, The First Purge, it looks like. Well, that's what Lumhouse.com published um, the 10 most underrated horror movies Oculus. of the 19th. They did that too. Sorry. I see. <laughs> <laughs> the, they, they did the 10 most underrated horror movies of the 1980s, and Parents was on there um, as an underrated horror movie. Um, Just to add, they, yeah, they do a lot of stuff, like... Ouija. They did. I think both of the purge. 
There's no reason, or the first and second, there's no reason Jim and the Holograms is also on their list. Wow. Which is a horror movie in some respects. <laughs> and um, they did that Hush movie that we watched. Okay. Um, so, the Green Inferno, The Visit. So yeah, that's like their wheelhouse. Yeah. It's pretty cool. But, but all the, the, the reason I brought them up is because they just published this list of, uh, you know, the underrated horror movies. Uh, Parents is not mm-hmm. made by Blumhouse or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's very back in the day, uh, independent movie. Um, and it it's apparently has a cult following and um, uh, it fell flat upon its initial release. It was commercially unsuccessful and critics didn't like it very much. And the target audience at the time liked uh, slasher movies and more on the nose horror, like of the 80s, you know, with Friday the 13th and that sort of thing, right? Um, so it was really lost on a lot of people. Um, and apparently the humor is extremely deadpan yeah. because uh, like the back of this DVD, for instance, the description is, uh, it's, it reads, parents, meet the Lamels, is that how you pronounce it? Lamels, and taste the terror in this black comedy. Uh, dad's got a great job. Mom has all the modern conveniences a happy homemaker could ask for. And 10-year-old Michael has, a neat new, has neat new friends and two parents that kill him with kindness. <laughs> They're the all-American family of 1984, or 1954, with one small exception. Um, honestly, like, I do feel like it was a little over my head, because I don't know how much comedy I really, I really got out of this. You know what I mean? It was um, very dark comedy. Yeah. So, it wasn't like laugh out loud kind of comedy. It was more kind of like, I don't know, like uncomfortable yeah. comedy. Or... Well, and, and I guess also that this family seems very milk toast. They seem very, uh, you know, um, like mundane and everything. So the idea of them like having these weird orgies of blood at night, I guess, is kind of comedic and it's in a kind of a weird way or whatever. Yeah. Um, Do you want to give a synopsis of what it's about, or will that involve spoilers? Um, we can do like a synopsis, I guess. Like a general. Or I'm kind of just. Yeah, I'm kind of, um, what would a good synopsis be even, I mean, without... Maybe just like, they. it's this new family with this very young kid who looks like he's, uh, like, well, it says 10 years old, and they move to a new neighborhood. And it should be re-no- uh, noted again, I guess. It's set in the 50s. It's set in the 50s. Yeah. And they relocate to a new neighborhood. And it's and the you suburbs. Just like... immediately kind of get a sense that his parents are weird. Yeah. And that he is weirded by his parents, but you don't really know what that is mm-hmm. until the end. There are hints throughout the movie, but then it's revealed at the end of the movie. Well, That's pretty much Yeah, for sure. I mean, but the thing is, though, honestly, if not for the uh, cover art of the box here, the box has Randy Quaid and Mary Beth Hurt, like, they're, they're going, they look like a standard couple in the kitchen, and Wendy Quaid has the refrigerator open, and there's a skull in the, the refrigerator, right? Yeah. There's, there's a skull <laughs> inside of it. If not for that cover art kind of telling me, hey, this is a horror movie, and there's something fucked up about these parents, yeah. I would have thought it was all on the kid. Like, the first 30 minutes of the movie, I would have thought, this is some weird David Lynch thing about yeah. a kid that's unhinged, and the parents well, don't know how to deal with him, you yeah. know? I mean, the parents, the way it's written on the cover, is also looks like... It's yeah. supposed to be bleeding, so that's yeah. kind of... the font, it's like red yeah. and bleeding, yeah. That's kind of the only giveaway, because like, through most of the movie, I just kept thinking, like, is this supposed to be a horror movie, or is this like a... Family drama with Yeah, weird, I couldn't really, I thought, like, maybe this was recommended to us, like, by mistake or something, but then uh, once it got to a certain point, I was like, 
Because I even said to you like during the movie, I was like, hey, maybe we should talk about what we think's going on here. Because like mm. that was when I was like, oh, that's what's going on. Really there's definitely hints that you know the reality is askew. I mean, there's yeah. lots of use of like slow motion and uh, the music is like not very fifty style. It's very modern synth. You know, like wrong, mm-hmm. wrong that that thing, right? Yeah. That like The Shining does or David Lynch movie does. Um, and there's even imagery of like the kid falling into buckets of blood and yeah, uh, right. you know pools of blood and so there's lots of like horror movie imagery but nothing particularly scary. It's more just like but it's creepy, creepy, yeah, creepy, yeah. So yeah, you get the sense that there's something off about these this kid's parents. Mm. I mean, that other movie and he right? hasn't put his finger on it yet, but then again, neither had I until. Yeah. <laughs> The other What's movie we reviewed with the girl from Mad Men. I mean, that's not horror, but it was creepy and something was off about it. So, okay. the one you recommended with them. Oh, the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I can't remember what it's called, though. Um, but the, the yeah. one where the couple goes to the resort. Mm-hmm. The, oh, the one I love? Yeah, yeah the one yeah, I love. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's love. not horror, yeah. but it's creepy. Yeah. Right? So, I think this definitely fell in that, that Genre. creepy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, and, and there's... Uh, and the whole, basically the entire film is is this kid uncovering, with the help of a social worker, uncovering exactly what his parents are up to. It's kind of hinted that maybe the kid is blocking it psychologically, that he knows what's up, but doesn't know how to process it because he's so young. Yeah. And this social worker at school that notices, his teacher obviously notices this kid is messed up, and starts, the little boy Michael starts talking to his social worker, and they kind of uncover, I mean, this is in the last 20 minutes of the movie, though, yeah. it's like the climax, basically, she kind of is our window into like, okay, officially this is what's up and right. it's on Front Street now. Um, so uh, do we want to talk about anything else before we give away the actual spoilers? Uh, do we want to talk about performances or the direction or anything like that? Or do we want to just jump balls out into um, where this movie goes? I think we, we can go ahead and do spoilers and then yeah. we can also fit the rest in if mm-hmm. we need to. Um Spoiler. I'll say, like, uh, Randy Quaid plays it pretty straight for the most part. Yeah, I was as silly over the top as he normally would be. Yeah, I kind of expected a little bit more, a few more, like, comedic beats with with him being silly, but um, he uses his size, like, really effectively, I think. There's a few times where he confronts the child, his son, and he's so much bigger than him that it's very, like, when he's giving him lectures about, you know, he, he, he keeps telling him stories. Like when the kid does something a little bit wrong or whatever, like there's a sequence where he goes through the wine cellar and, you know, messes up the house a little bit. Uh, Quaid keeps telling him, you know, these stories of like, you know, there's this little boy that did something wrong. And then, you know, these bad things happen to him. And it sounds kind of sweet and not that bad, but coming from him, you know, there's something really sinister and imposing about it. I thought he did a pretty good job. Both the parents I thought were pretty cool. I thought the wife, Mary Beth Hurt, was really good. I I thought she was... um... Um, I guess a little bit more comedic, I guess, yeah. in what she did, but it was still like not laugh out loud, but just creepy. Like she would say things and do things that you wouldn't expect a typical mother to do. Right. But it was kind of endearing at the same time. I don't know. It was because you really got a sense that Randy Quaid's character did not like this kid. And you got yeah. the sense that the mother yeah. actually did like this kid. The, the mother does love Michael, I think. Yeah. I think he, he she, she loves the son, but. 
uh, Randy Quaid's character, it's pretty clear he knows that this this kid's going to be their undoing. That it's hard to cover yeah. up a kid right. with, with their lifestyle. And we should mention what he says at the end. At some right. Point. Yeah. Right. Um, but I did want to say before we give away the spoiler, there are two hints, like two major hints along the way. Of uh, there's a red herring for one thing. That we we get a a shot of uh, Michael walking in on his parents apparently making love in the middle of the living room, mm-hmm. like very very over the top, <laughs> like they're playing Twister and Oil type of you know like where they're just like falling all over each other and they're very sweaty and and you know so that kind of almost gives us like a red herring where we think oh maybe he's just messed up because he's seen like really graphic sex at a young age of his parents and it weirds him out and he's just acting out on it a little bit. Um, But then uh, later when he's really scared of the cellar for some reason, he keeps talking about how scared he is of the cellar Mm -hmm. and he keeps looking up in the ceiling over and over again. He's looking up at the ceiling. You think, Mm -hmm. well, what's he looking at at the ceiling? What's going on in the ceiling of this place or whatever? Um, So like there's these little hints and then uh, also all through the film, uh, his parents are feeding him uh, a lot of meat, right? That's yeah. like another kind of... Yeah, like sausage and stuff. Yeah, there, there's all this stuff left over in the refrigerator, according to mom. Because the, the kid keeps asking, what are we eating? What are we? What is this? You know, It's left over from... Right, it's right. left Just over eat. from the move. Just eat it. Don't worry yeah. about it. You know, and it's always very succulent, almost underdone sometimes, very mm-hmm. red meat, you know. Yeah. Um, and what is, what is this poor, haphazard uh, social worker find out? Well, she literally goes <laughs> to his house... She's so ultra concerned about this young man that she goes to his house to like see the cellar. I don't even. Well, do you want to say it? Yeah, this let's go. Spoilers. If you haven't seen this, it's streaming once again. It's streaming on Shutter and it's newly released on Blu-ray, so it's very accessible. uh, Parents. Um. Well, she discovers a dead body. And that's yeah. it. I don't think she realizes exactly what it is they do, though. I think she just realizes that they kill people. Yeah. But the dad works at, well, Randy Quay works at a place called Toxico. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which. <laughs> Very 50s. Yeah. But the. I wasn't totally clear on what it was he did there. Like, why. There was like a bunch of dead bodies at this place that he works. Mm. And my impression was he would just take dead bodies from work and bring them home and eat yeah. them. Yeah. I think that's the yeah. convenience of. Yeah. Like, he's capable of murder, but. Um, but he's taking home rare cuts or whatever, and he covers it up with his research. It, it That's implies. true. So, the, so it was a dead body that they didn't necessarily kill, but as right. far as the social worker knows. Right. So I guess the real spoiler is that they're... The, the parents eat humans. They're, they're cannibals. They're cannibals yeah. And right. they feed the, the human parts to uh, the son mm-hmm. as well, right? And I guess throughout, and I really didn't notice this until they made a point of it at the end, he always manages to excuse himself and goes... To his room, so I'm, I'm guessing he's never eaten the meat they've had because they made it. They made it sound like he gets up at night. Taste for you. Yeah. Okay. He gets up at night and has snacks and stuff like okay. that because he, he knows something is I up. Didn't, I didn't like he's get that. he's getting old enough to understand that something's wrong he with does this meat. Eat snacks. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the, the ceiling gag is eventually uh, it's revealed that there's a leg hanging from a hook or whatever. Right? There's right, all these yeah. hooks, like meat hooks, hanging in the cellar. And there's like a leg there or whatever. So apparently through a lot of the movie, he's been seeing stuff that's suspect hanging from this. I'm the only one that saw that. I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of confused as to why that would be in the, his ceiling though. Just like that crack in the ceiling? No, no, no. The, the cellar. Well, Every time in the it, cellar, but like I didn't see the connection between the crack in his bedroom. The crack in the bedroom and the... Oh, I don't know what that was about. Oh, okay. Neither. I, I, I made just, it sound like the, 
they explained in the movie that, oh, we had gas pipes and the gas pipes expand. Yeah. And I think, was that it? Because the cellar's beneath them, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it has mm. nothing to do with it. Maybe it's like the crack in this family. Maybe it's like a metal yeah. war. <laughs> I don't know. It kind of set up, too, at the end, the climax. They had gas in the in the house. That so was that easily down. Yeah. Do you want to say what, like, how it, how it... I will say, real quickly, I think I knew what was going on in this movie from the very beginning. Just because I've seen a lot of scary movies, so yeah, I mean, so you kind of recognize things. And one of the first scenes, like when they open, they show them like cooking meat and seasoning it. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, they're eating people. Like yeah. something's going on there. Yeah. Um, and then they kept focusing on meat and cooking too much. Yeah. I was like, okay, they're cannibals. Yeah, there was like a certain scene where the dad was at work and there was these dead bodies, and they immediately went to a scene where she was like putting spices and stuff mm-hmm. into what looked like ground beef. Right. It was like yeah. really bloody, and I was like, "Oh, it's probably they're eating people." Yeah. yeah and she's like kneading all the spices into it. I mean, are they really doing anything? Well, okay, technically they are doing things wrong. They're yeah. stealing bodies, but they're, but they're not. They're not murdering people. people. It, it, it seems like they're not actively <laughs> killing people. Although it goes from zero to sixty when social worker finds out well, what's up, they, kill yeah. they kill her straight up, murder her. But so. she was a intruder. Well, not exactly. She she was let in by the son. Like, right. she, was she let know. in? Because she kind of ran after him. He was like, "Bye," yeah. and then well, she was like, to... "Michael, come back." Yeah, but it wasn't like she was banned from the house. Like, she went there with him to like, you know, protect him or like find out what was wrong with him. The parents don't. I think they're yeah, just but... defending their house. <laughs> Sympathy <laughs> for the cannibal parents. Because yeah. we can't. That. She was like, go, because then she went like after she discovered the body in the cellar, she ran up, like went upstairs, looked for Michael, and we're all like, "Lady, just leave. leave!" Yeah, why, why on earth she's would you stick everything. around in the house? Yeah, she did but everything also, wrong. Like if the parents are there, she's go- she's yelling for Michael. They know that right. that's her. Like, oh, this person knows my son. Like, mm. let's mm. kill her. <laughs> it, it should be it should be noted that I guess there's only one on screen death in this movie. You know, that yeah. and that's her as a social worker get bites well, the yeah. dust. Technically, oh, there's the, the parents, parents too. Oh, well, right, right, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, the parents kill each other, right? Because, yeah, like you mentioned, yeah, yeah. Randy Quaid, uh, the the father character, basically gets fed up with this his son because obviously the son's a rat and is going to attract attention and everything. And he basically says something along the lines of, "Let's just kill this thing. Let's kill him and start over again, and we can raise one the right way." Well, yeah. What happens before that though is they try to feed him his teacher. Mm. Or the social worker, oh, right, yeah. and they say you'll develop a taste for it. Your mom did, yeah. So she's new to this whole. She's thing. a convert, yeah, yeah, for sure. And then the kid, you think, okay, he's gonna eat the meat and convert, but the kid like stabs the father, and the father's like, screw this, we can just start over with another kid. Let's just yeah. kill him. He gets fed up. That and that's like his ultimate solution, obviously. And the mom yeah. does love this this boy. I mean, you know, she's perverted and all this stuff and, and wrong, but she still has a heart. And defends him, and that leads to the parents killing mm. each other. She like stabs him, the father in the back. Yeah. So, which means that she was like, she loves the kid more than the husband. Right. Obviously, it seems like, um, and he doesn't. The husband was the other way around. Right. Yeah, and then he turns the tables and kills her. Right. And then the ensuing violence and everything, the house catches fire, and the whole house just you know, it, it's implied that it, it more or less explodes or is burned down. And maybe that's why they had to explain the crack. Right. So you can ex- you can understand why the house lit up so quickly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we we get a nice epilogue of 
you know, the young boy gets to live with his grandparents, and it seems like a very lovely existence in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the grandparents tuck him in at night, and they're like, oh, we love you so much. I love you, grandmother. I grand- uh, you know, mm-hmm. and a- as the older couple is walking out of his bedroom, they uh, lay a glass of milk and a sandwich next to his table, you know, his little nightstand, mm-hmm. and obviously the sandwich has, like, a shitload of meat in it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a mystery meat. Yeah, sandwich. it's very implied that they're, they're, they're the father, I mean, they're the parents of the father, and they had the same issues. They so. make some comment like, he looks just like his dad, doesn't he? Yeah. So then you kind of know that's where the dad got it from, the grandparents. Well, and the dad even mentions at one point, remember, he says, you know, maybe we should move to the mountains. Maybe we should move to the mountains and get get a house really close, of course, close to the interstate where we can, uh, you know... Well, all ben- the accidents. Yeah, yeah, benefit from the accidents. And that, to me, that kind of implied hmm. that maybe that's what his parents did, is, you know, that they lived kind of in, like in the rural homes, area, but yeah. it's close enough to civilization where they can, you know, grab a body every now and then. <laughs> so, I wonder what they would do, like, mm, I guess there's always people dying, so they would always want, like, I wonder why they ate people. They just like the taste store. Well, it, it, it implied a little bit that it made them very virile, right? Because they have very, uh, like... Um, for that time era, I mean, you think about it in the repressed 50s, right, where people were very proper and not very sexually on front street. You know, like um, most, most television shows okay. showed the the uh, beds being separated mm-hmm. and, and that sort of thing. Couples weren't very sexual. But it shows them just going at it in the living room, just yeah. covered in blood and just, yeah. ah, you know. So maybe there's something to it that's almost like it makes them potent. It makes them feel more alive or, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just like standard meat to them, you know. Which is interesting because... They took home like a really old man <laughs> to eat. Yeah. What was it exactly that he did at Toxico? Like, what was Toxico supposed to be? This well, thing. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. I'm, on Wikipedia, it just says um, um, he worked for the Division of Human Testing, and he was developing a chemical defoliant for use in jungles. So the scene mm. where his kid was visiting him, and he was looking at that. The, yes, yeah, some visits Toxico. The jungle, yeah. yeah, this little encased jungle and this little fake airplane or whatever it was was like oh, spraying yeah, the yeah. stuff, and then you look at the jungle again and it's all dead. Hmm. So he was developing a chemical, but there was a division of human testing, so that's why they had these bodies. Like so that's weird. and stuff in there. Mm. Yeah, like okay. Their families like donating them to science. I guess that's what that would yeah. be. Yeah. Which means they've been hmm. out for a while. It's like that's not even like fresh meat. That's kind of. But the meat we have at the supermarket <laughs> is not super fresh. If you think sure. about it, it's it had to be on a truck and but distributed. It's cooled. <laughs> these <laughs> these bodies were just like sitting. Yeah. Who knows though, what the temperature was in there? Did you see him? He did this. He did check the temperature because oh, he checked okay. one and he went to another one. Then he checked another one and then that's the uh, one he cut into. So I do think he was checking this. There was something out. to it. Yeah. Do you think huh. when he said let's relocate to the mountains, I thought he said that because. We just killed a teacher, and her car is in our driveway, so we kind of just need to leave. I thought it was like a getaway type of mm-hmm. scenario. Because I, yeah, I, I, I asked that. Like, I said, what are they going to do with the car? Mm. It is a too. dead giveaway. <laughs> yeah. Um, did um, yeah, the director ever go on to do anything else as far as uh, direction Simon goes? Failed. Oh, uh, I'm going to look him sure up. Surely he did. Let's see, y'all. He did My Boyfriend's Back in, ni- okay. in 1993. Um, the last good time, the exonerated Bernard and Doris, Georgia O'Keefe, Alpha House, and Graves. So, in my opinion, nothing that I've heard of other than my boyfriend's back. Um, my boyfriend's back, I think, is a play on um, 
like uh, it's another throwback type of movie though. Mm-hmm. It's like a horror movie set in like a different era. I've seen that one when I was younger. Yeah, yeah. It's, and I think it's more it. comedy. Yeah. Oh, look! It says Philip Seymour Hoffman, Matthew McConaughey, and Matthew Fox have small roles in that film. Wow. Huh. It's like a huge <laughs> Um, I don't see any really interesting trivia about parents. Um, on IMDb, it says the film's appropriately bizarre title for its Germany release was "Daddy ist ein Cannibal." Which is, <laughs> this is dad's a cannibal. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Daddy is a cannibal. Gives some, away the end of the some movie. People, well, they want it on Front Street. Yeah. Uh, what's What's the Rotten Tomatoes consensus on fifty percent? Fifty percent. Interesting. That's like uh, if the Sixth Sense was named. Uh, he's He's been dead the whole time. Spoiled, <laughs> Jeff. Shit. That's hilarious. I mean, people have only he's had since nineteen ninety nine to see this movie. What is? I wonder what the title for that in other countries was. I remember um, in. Side note, but how tra- like movie titles get translated when Varsity Blues was out, and we went to um Paris. I saw a poster, and it was just called American Boys. So that's what <laughs> that's what they thought of American Boys, Varsity Blues. That's what American Boys are like. <laughs> well, it's like uh, also uh, sometimes uh, back in the older days. Uh, uh, posters would give away endings sometimes, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, or it would tell you because the Rocky Two, uh, like. <laughs> Rocky Two, the poster I've seen a poster for it, where it's like you know, just so Stallone on it, mm-hmm. where you know, uh, you know, like mm-hmm. po- posing, and at the bottom it says, "This time he wins." <laughs> and I was like, "What the fuck?" Wait, is that You'll like this one better. He wins. <laughs> so he does win in that one. I'm not sure. Well, yeah, that would be pretty shitty okay. if yeah. it says this one he wins, then he doesn't win. But yeah, the first one, the original one, he loses obviously, and then right. in Rocky yeah. Two, he actually wins. Uh, Why would they? <sighs> I have no idea, but that was one of the. Posters. There's like the international poster for Ten Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. Have you seen it? No. I don't Spoiler want to say it. Yeah, case. yeah, yeah that's I don't a great want movie. to say it on the on the podcast. I'm gonna say it, but like if you if you don't want it spoiled, fast forward like 15 seconds or so. So the the, the poster is the girl in the movie. She's running away from the spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I mean, like, I don't know. Um, I found a website that says 31 bizarre foreign titles for American movies. This is my, I think this is a joke. Or maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I think so. The Sixth Sense one is, he's a ghost. Like, seriously? <laughs> but so, but for, for, number one is Pretty Woman. I will marry a prostitute to save money. <laughs> There's no way there was another country that called Pretty Woman that... There's no that's, way. That's I mean, such a know. long title. So on the nose. But if there, it really translates to he's a ghost in the sixth sense somewhere, that would suck. But anyway. Um, oh, so, do, we, so, should, we should do a segment where we just think of like on the nose titles for movies. <laughs> like um, Friday the 13th is like uh, Mom Kills Campers. Or I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, just wrapping it up, parents, uh, what are our grades and do we recommend it? Or any final comments also um you guys go ahead um i think i would give it a uh, i'm torn between like a c and a b i'm gonna say b just because i thought i really liked it i liked how the style i thought for an 80s movie that focuses on a kid it was very mature it seemed very mature just like oh, you when you we were watching it you made the comment that it seemed like a david lynch film yeah and i was really surprised by that because it the main character is like this kid and it was very stylized and 
I thought he did a really great job as apparently his only movie. I thought he was really good for a child actor. Um, I wouldn't give it a higher grade just because I think if you're familiar with scary movies and you've seen enough of them, like for me, I pretty much immediately knew, okay, his parents are cannibals. There were no surprises like, for it, you. It wasn't surprising. Yeah. Yeah. So, and even when you go to his grandparents, I was like, okay, there, something's up with them too because the, the parents got it from somewhere. So I was not surprised by anything. So that's why I wouldn't give it more. So I really give it a B just for the style and the mm. acting. I thought the acting was really good. Um, yeah. And would you recommend it to someone? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I'm kind of similar note. Uh, I like that it didn't, like I think in the, the 1950s, especially in the 1980s, they sentimentalized the 50s a lot. And right. there's a lot of nostalgia right. mixed in with 50s stuff. And you have like happy days and you know what I mean? Like, uh, Greece and stuff yeah. like that that kind of like made it seem like this fun era and everything and this kind of shows in its own kind of similar silly way kind of shows like that there was a sinister side that you know there are a lot of people in the closet with all these issues you know um and uh, I did like kind of the David Lynch vibe to it sometimes I mean it felt like a racer head in some parts where I was just like what is happening in this movie yeah. what what's with the music and like you know sometimes I wouldn't even know something was askew if not for the music like it was so mundane sometimes yeah. you know um, but that said, it is a slow burn. I mean, you have to have a little bit of patience with this movie to like sit through it and let it kind of unfold for you and everything. Yeah. Um, so I kind of hate to give it a similar grade, but I think I would do about a, a B, maybe yeah. B minus. Yeah. Can I add something to my critique real quickly? Yeah. Um, and this might, this is my opinion, but I didn't find it cheesy. And I feel like a lot of 80s movies are cheesy and right. there's like corny lines in it that are kind of cheesy. And I feel like with this movie, it wasn't cheesy at all. And there was no, like, one-liners, you yeah, know, or it, zingers. That's a good point. So it, was like like, it was, like, it was kind of tongue-in-cheek with, like, how dark the humor was, you know? Like, but there was no winking at the camera or anything mm-hmm. like that. Like, ex- until the ending title sequence, like, where it shows, like, all the characters come out of the house yeah. and, like, give thumbs up and stuff like that. Right. That's the only, and it has Purple Eater or whatever that song oh, is. Yeah. Like, that plays over the ending credits, but otherwise, like, the it movie was no, proper... Like, Burn in hell, dad. <laughs> and I think, you know, when we briefly talked about um, what's making you scared, and I mentioned, um, oh, what's it called? The, 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 the movie that I like that was based on, or that was kind of like The Good Son. Oh, uh, The Bad Seed. The Bad Seed. At the end, real quickly, at the end of that movie, they also had a curtain call type thing, and the mother came out and like playfully spanked the daughter. Yeah. And they did that so people watching the movie wouldn't think this is really, they really had a horrible relationship so maybe that's what they did in this. They're like, these 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 are actors, they're really friendly. Everyone's well adjusted, no yeah. one's been scarred psychologically. Maybe that's why they did it. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, there's something else I meant to say about it. Um, but it, oh, and I would recommend it, but I think I would only recommend it to deep cuts uh, horror fans. Like I think the casual horror fan, if you like Friday thirteenth and um, you know, like the current, like uh, haunted house movies and stuff like that. This is really not for you. This is more of like a deep cut. If you're, uh, I know Kia, you mentioned like nothing surprised you about it, but I think it's so weird and so different mm. that it can only really be appreciated by people that like kind of oddball stuff yeah. or like horror that's a little bit off the beaten path or whatever. So yeah. uh, I wouldn't recommend it to the average Joe for sure, average Joe horror or Jane horror. So B minus. Mr. Jeff? Uh, I'd probably give it a C. Mm. Like, I didn't, uh, I don't think I liked it as much as you guys did, but 
I didn't hate it either. Like it was, you know, like you guys are saying, the acting's good. It, it is a slow burn. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's about as. Would you recommend it? Um. Hey, this is probably this... not to like all of my friends, but like, <laughs> I don't know. I have like some friends who are really into horror, though, and I would probably be like, "Hey, you should check this out." So, uh, but yeah, I think to like just the average person, probably not, but. You know, people that are really into the horror genre. I mean, honestly, I would almost have to hear someone say, yeah, I really like David Lynch for me to be like, you know what's a weird movie that's kind of in that vein? (laughs) I would almost have to be that specific to to really recommend it to someone, you know? It has to be... It definitely has that vibe to it for sure. Um, And and my friend Adam that recommended recommended it to us... I mean, he is a guy that's seen everything. I mean, right. that, that's probably, like, I kind of visualize him liking this almost because of that. Like, he's one of those guys that's seen everything under the sun. Mm-hmm. So it has to be kind of refreshing to see something just, like, this weird and this yeah. different, you know, sometimes. Yeah. So That is something that's really cool about it is that it is different. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. It's not... Yeah. There's no jump scares. Right. Yeah. Anything. It's, and yeah. it's a, a slow reveal and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then when it kicks into gear, it really kicks into gear. Yeah. It like never really stops. Like the scene once. where the social worker dies. Yeah. It's crazy and but the music is like it sounds like the, like a music a music. It sounds like music for I don't like a serial commercial. It's like the happiest yeah. music you can think of and this lady is being like mm-hmm. murdered. So I Ring, thought that was yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, it's not like a Ring, Ring, it's really thing. dark it's, for a yeah. movie where the main character is like a little kid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that. I thought it was cool. I also kind of like, as creepy as the kid was, he did it without, like, all those deliberate creepy kid moves. You know how, like, the kid yeah. usually speaks a certain way or he looks a certain way? Like, he, like he, he has... Looked, like, he didn't look like he was acting. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he just looked like a natural kid that yeah. was a little bit askew, a little bit off, you know, but not like... like a quiet kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was kind of a nice performance. Like, yeah. I think the direction's really good with that kid, yeah. so... Yeah. I agree. Um, well... That was probably one of our most succinct yeah. <laughs> reviews. Nice, guys. Um, Nailed it. Oh, the lady that played the social worker died in 1992. Oh, she, won, she, by she won two Tonys and an Oscar for Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Nice. She was, very cool. she was good in it. Yeah. I'm Jeff. I'm Kia. I'm Craig. And, and we, we just reviewed Paris. I saw the thing coming out of the sky It had a one long horn and one big eye Like a mister shaking in the city It looks like a purple people eater to me It was a one-eyed, one-horned flying purple people eater One-eyed, one-horned flying purple people eater A one-eyed, one-horned flying purple people eater So we are uh, recording this post-Thanksgiving Um which maybe that was another reason parents was kind of uh, kind of appropriate because we just all got together with family and saw our uh, you know family ate, ate a lot of meat of, yep. ate a lot of meat <laughs> meat sandwiches <laughs> meat popsicles um, uh, one thing I was thinking about uh, you know what about uh, horror films that involve family uh, like are there any that kind of jump out to you guys that you know where family ties are really important. What are your favorites in that kind of subgenre of horror? Like Texas Chainsaw Massacre type? Sure. That's like like straight up a family of cannibals, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That that would be your your pick? I guess so. Yeah. I I don't know. I can't really... uh, I have to think about that for a second. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, you know, another one, Friday Thirteenth, obviously has a family connection yeah. to you with you know the mother is so instrumental, you know. Um, and Devil's Rejects, kind of similar, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a whole family yeah. of, of killers and everything. It's kind of its own little mini genre, almost, where like you know family members are kind of inter- yeah. interlinked in this, you know. Family of killers. It yeah. kind of ties in with the movie we just, saw, right. like yeah. you just said. Um, you That's a really tough question, and I'm trying to sit and think of all the family. I mean, obviously, Nightmare on Elm Street has family connections. Um, yeah. Sins of the father type of thing, where the yeah. parents kill. But the first yeah. one that really came to mind, and it's only because I've seen it not that um, long ago, like I just put it on because I had already seen it before, and that's um, Your Next, mm. where, because that is like the family gets together. I can't remember exactly what they're all getting together for, but they're all together in a house and... And obviously, like someone starts picking them off one by one for a family inheritance too, right? Is that what it's for? Yeah, I think I think that's yeah. like the uh, MacGuffin. so. Um, so I think that would be that's a really good family one. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I would go all the way back to Psycho, right? I mean, it's like the most uh, yeah. like family connection, you know, horror franchise we have probably where Man, it's could, a boy I, and his mother, you know, so. I had time to think. I probably could come up with some yeah. good ones. I th- mm. Obviously, I thought of Krampus, and that's probably because I was watching it this morning. That's <laughs> family. Well, that, you know, that, that actually kind of segues us to... Um, no, I'm looking at my... <laughs> well, the poll this week before uh, we got together is, uh, you know, it's that time of year. I uh, put out there to our uh, followers on Twitter, uh, which our Twitter is at HAHorrorCast. Uh, uh, here's the question. Best holiday horror film, um, and I have to. I can only select four, unfortunately, for these polls. So I picked Krampus, Gremlins, Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Black Christmas. That's unfortunate because I have two of them I haven't seen. <laughs> Me too. Really? Yeah. So you guys only see Krampus and Gremlins, I'm assuming. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I've and seen even Gremlins, I think it's. I probably saw it if I've even seen it the whole way through when I was younger. So. Black Christmas is a pretty quintessential like slasher movie. Oh, like, it's I like one of the Silent first. Silent Night, Delinette, isn't that the one I have on the DVR? No, you, you have Silent Night. It's more recent. Okay, so the um, remake. Yeah. Well, no, I don't think it's a remake. I think oh, it's just different. Different. Yeah. Okay. Um, Black Christmas is one of the first slasher movies. It's from the early seventies that has the POV of the killer like, looking through windows and stuff like that. Yeah. Very cool. So it kind of starts like you know some of the things that we are familiar with now. Um, well, what are some of your favorite like Christmas horror movies or holiday horror movies? I mean, is it just straight up Gremlins, Krampus, or the only thing that comes to mind is that episode of Tales from the the Crypt, well, where the I, yeah, I actually had put out another poll earlier that kind of floundered. I think I was too obscure and like no one voted hardly. There was like oh, yeah. four votes. This one, by the way, got like fifty four votes. So thanks guys for nice. for chiming in. Um, but. Uh, yeah, the you talk uh, all through the house, right? Where it's right. like uh, the creepy Santa Claus, mm-hmm. yeah, classic. Which, by the way, that's in the original film, uh, Tales from the Crypt, or whatever, from the seventies. Oh, okay. It's like an anthology film from mm-hmm. there. They did that one back then too. Oh. So it's an EC comic that became adapted twice, whatever. Yeah. Wow, cool. Um, I'd say my favorite TV horror has got to be Tales from the Dark Side. Um, I think it's called like the actual title is something like. Tales of, oh, what is it called? Anyway, it's the one with the Grither. Do you remember this? Yes. The Grither? Dude, that, that's scary. That scared me as a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. remember watching that on like 
uh, around. I mean, Seasons of Belief, Eve. I think, is yeah. what the actual episode is called. For but, years, I, I almost thought I dreamt that for yeah. years. But with it's coming to the... Yeah, spoiler, yeah. Oh, yeah the, in, the ending of this thing is just... <laughs> I've never seen it. The ending of this thing we is just... We should watch it. Yeah, we should watch it sometime. Uh, it's, it's very grotesque and very scary. And, uh, but yeah, I think there's a whole generation of kids that saw that and it freaked them out and yeah. it never really re-aired very often. So I think yeah. I had a fil- similar feeling where I was like, was that really as messed up as I thought it was? Or did I even really see what I thought I saw? You know, it's, yeah. it's one of those things. It was yeah. one of those things where like the tension just built throughout the entire yeah. episode. Like, is what's really going on here? Mm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, the grither, and it's great too because it's all about like family getting together and mm-hmm. kids being pests and like yeah. the the adults trying to scare the kids into being obedient. Is yeah. that the grither? No. No. Okay. No. no. Don't 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 spoil it for yourself. I'm googling Christmas horror movies because apparently oh. I've only seen <laughs> one, possibly two. Well, it's, I mean, uh... So, my, all my, my answers to everything is Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> you like Krampus more than Gremlins, you think? I'm more familiar, as bad as this might sound, I'm more familiar with Krampus, because I yeah. really don't think I've sat down and watched Gremlins. One, possibly never, and two, if I have, it was so long ago when I was younger that I don't recall everything. Okay. So, I feel like it's wrong to not say Gremlins, because it's iconic, but I'm going to say Krampus, because... I really enjoyed the movie, and I think I like the ending because it's um, it's not a happy ending. So, well, um, I think too, like Gremlins is is Christmas steeped as it is. I don't think a lot of people associate it with Christmas. Like I think yeah. a lot of people just think Gremlins is its own thing, sort of, and they forget that it's set during Christmas. It opens with a Christmas song. Yeah, the whole nine yards, you know. I will say, googling Christmas horror movies in like the top twenty list or top ten list, Gremlins mm-hmm. is always on it. Well. Uh, just just to show you how the rankings uh, came out, uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night only got six percent. Said last, uh, Krampus got seventeen percent. Third, uh, Black Christmas got eighteen percent. Said barely edged out Krampus, and then Gremlins got fifty nine percent of the votes. Yeah, um, Gremlins is also one of those movies. that's like, it's such a part of I think of our culture from our age. You know, because yeah. that came out when we were a little kid. I saw that at the movie theater. That's well, maybe the, the drive-in that's not there anymore. It's there used to be one down the street. You saw Gremlins back when it came out at the yeah. drive-in. Really? My, my mom that's and dad cool. took me and my sister to see it at the drive Sumner County great. Drive-in. That's they, awesome. You a, got a drive-in yeah. story that we need to share. That was um, going to be in what's making me okay, scared cool. this week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, another movie that keeps popping up on these lists is Rare Exports, and this is a movie that I've seen on on demand and Netflix. The cover looks interesting. I didn't realize it was scary. I didn't realize it was apparently fan, like related to, well, obviously Santa Claus is on the cover, but I didn't realize it was apparently really good. And it has an 89% of Rotten Tomatoes. I missed out. I need it's to check a, it. It's a foreign film. It's That's foreign what I language. thought, yeah. yeah. What's it called? Rare Exports. Rare Exports. That's, mm-hmm. um, that's the cover. That's the cover that I see on, like, on demand and stuff. Hmm. And it's been on Netflix for quite a while. And it has an 89% of Rotten Tomatoes. Dang. And it's on the, the top Christmas movie scary Christmas mm. movie list so oh you know I just thought of another scary not a, well it's sort of a funny horror Christmas yeah. movie um I think it's, it's it's got Goldberg in it plays Santa Claus oh it's uh Santa Slays is that what it's called yeah. something like that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Santa's uh, Slay I think is what it's yeah. called uh that movie is <laughs> hilarious well that there's like a whole other genre almost of uh like 
scary B movies that are Christmas themed because yeah. there's Jack Frost, Jack Frost, not yeah. the Michael Keaton one, obviously, right. but there's one where it's like an animated snowman that goes around killing people. A yeah. serial killer possesses a snowman. And it's ridiculous. It's <laughs> yeah. like one of the dumbest movies of all time, but it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> and Gingerbread Man, I think there's like oh, yeah. there's one like that that's similar. Where yeah. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean this 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 time of year just kind of. Uh, <laughs> made me think of stuff like that. So uh, we're going to jump into what's making us scared. This is when we talk about things in the horror community that are uh, interesting us right now in this moment. What's making me scared is another YouTube channel. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, this is... It's called Lazy Masquerade, uh, L-A-Z-Y-M-A-S-Q-U-E-R-A-D-E, in case you do not know how to spell it, because <laughs> I always have to look up, how do I spell masquerade? Um, anyway, it's, uh, it's this British guy, and he just finds spooky, scary stories on Reddit, and then reads them dramatically, and puts spooky hmm. music and sound effects to it. And apparently this is like a, there's like a whole genre of videos like this, like this is a thing a lot of people do, and huh. they, Post them on YouTube, but this guy's channel, he's his is the only one that I can really stand to listen to. Like the other people I've heard, I'm I don't really care for theirs as much. Um, and also, if you're gonna check this guy's channel out, you know, just you know, be warned, he's just taking these from Reddit, so they're not all written that that well, right. So he's kind of... And he just, literally just reads it? Or they're like, yeah. is it audio drama style with like sound effects and stuff like that? Uh, well, yeah, he puts sound effects and stuff too. But when he's reading it, you know, he'll... He's, he's just reading what people write on Reddit. So it'll be like, that's when I freaked the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Like, it's cool. So uh, some some are better than others. But uh, some of them are pretty interesting. Like he And he has like different genres and stuff. Like he'll like, you know, five spooky stories about camping in the woods or, you know... Yeah. So, if you want to check that out, there's some some good spooky stuff on there. So he has a lot of hits. Yeah, he's like in the hundreds of thousands. Dang. Damn, son. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Uh, Kia. Mine is, um, I guess, just like my reaction to um, The Walking Dead. Like I did a little blog post. On our website, or yeah, on our website, talking about it, just how there's like a before and an after. So obviously, spoiler: um, when the season started, uh, two well-known or well-loved characters got killed by Negan, right? Abraham mm-hmm. and Glenn. And I knew Abraham was gonna die because he had already lived past where he lived in the comics, and I knew how Glenn died. And he basically died the same way, on the TV show, the same way he does in the comics. So I wasn't surprised by that, but it really, really sucked. And so after that happened, it was like, I don't look forward to watching The Walking Dead as much as I used to because those people are not there anymore, particularly Glenn's character. So, and in the comic books, um, like after, well, I don't want to spoil anything, but well, as you can see right now, the group is kind of fractured everyone's kind of split up and it just doesn't feel the same anymore. Like our core group isn't together. 
So what's making me scared is that I don't look forward to watching The Walking Dead as much as I used to because I know it's different now. Mm. And but at the same time, I feel like that's exactly what the showrunners wanted. They wanted you to feel as sad and as broken as the group feels. Like they don't, I'm sure they don't look forward to like waking up every day. Just like, I don't really look forward to watching The Walking Dead anymore. I enjoy it and I'm still going to watch it, but it's not the same. It's like, it's bittersweet to watch it. It's different. So that kind of sucks. What do you think? I mean, just kind of expanding on it about like, supposedly the ratings have dropped a lot. Oh yeah. Like, Like, so, um, Craig's aunt told us this at Thanksgiving and I looked it up and the season premiere had, I think, 17 million viewers. And the most recent episode had, like, 11 million. So that's a huge drop. It's still, like, obviously 11 million is a lot. Yeah, for ratings. basic cable, I would yeah. say that would be still but extremely I think the season premiere is going to have more anyway. But I think mm-hmm. the, art, the article I read said that's the lowest since an episode in the third season. Wow. And a lot of people did not like the season premiere. They thought either it was too violent or how dare you kill Glenn that way like I guess they would have been happier seeing it off screen um hmm. so I'm not part of that group I don't I expect it to be violent violence doesn't bother me in terms of the zombie apocalypse and I know how Glenn dies because I read the comics I just don't look forward to watching it as much as I used to because I know it's it's not going to be the, it's not going to be the same like it's it, it is definitely a before and after and I think they said that on Talking Dead it is like a before and after and it's crazy. I've never felt that, that way with the show where it's been like a before and after. I have to say hmm. I disagree 100%. Screw you, like, Jeff! <laughs> I look forward to it way more now than mm-hmm. ever. Like, the whole Negan thing is like... Because I read the comics and I know, like, to me, like, when Negan shows up, it is like, he's the worst bad guy ever. Like, in a good way. Like, he's a, just a bad person and I'm just, I've been looking forward to him showing up on the show for so long. And I don't know. It's it's a totally different dynamic now. It is like before and after yeah. now. But uh, I don't know. I like, I like it. Like to me, like this is my favorite it's ever been so yeah. far. I mean, I still enjoy it. And I'm still going to watch it. I'll watch it for however long it's on and any spinoffs that they, they do. But it's, I, I just, the group's not going to be the same. And I like the core group. And... Like, I don't, you know, I don't like when people split up. When they split well, up, when the gel got, when the, when they split up after the gel, I didn't like that. Hmm. Like. Well, what happened after that? They got back together. <laughs> so. I just, I think no. that for me, <laughs> but for me, the before and after was uh, Dumpster Glenn. Like. Stop <laughs> calling it Dumpster Glenn. But like, before and after, like, I, I was pretty invested in the show. And then after the false death of Glenn in the dumpster thing where they like, he is dead. And they took him off the cast credits and they, you know, and then like a few weeks later, they, they reveal that he hid under someone as he was being eaten. And then he crawled under a dumpster and it's just so silly. And it's just like, like, why would you give us this false death and give us this weird sadness porn where we're all like reading this character and then he Mm. comes back and like all that stuff just felt so cheap to me that I've never a hundred percent recovered from it. Like I'm in the mode you're in now, Kia is where I've been since dumpster Glenn. Like, like, I, like, you know what I mean? Like, where it's like, I'm, I still like it and I'm still enjoying it, but it's not the same as before the false death. Like, ever yeah. since then, I've kind of thought the show has been kind of like just trying too hard to make you cry and too hard to make you feel something 
in a false note sometimes. Yeah. But I think know. looking back on it, people that don't like that about the show will appreciate that about the show. Because when um, the season finale ended and it was like, you didn't tell us who got killed, but you've been building this up. I do think they were building it up and I think it was cheap to do that. Mm-hmm. But as the months went by, I was you know, thinking, when's the last time there's been a show that had that big of a cliffhanger? That was almost on the level of who shot JR. I mean... When's the last time that's happened? Yeah. I think that's pretty significant. So I think hindsight, looking back, that's kind of a big. I think that's kind of a big deal. That's yeah. pretty cool. Um, I think I like when your emotions are toyed with. That's what <laughs> being a fan is all about. It sucks, but I mean, it's yeah. I mean, I feel like that's this is like lightning in a bottle type of thing. For me, it happened with Buffy, and now it's happening with Walking Dead. So who knows what will be the next show that I'm this in, emotionally involved in? So it's kind of. Yeah. Kind of cool. Um, so what's what's making me happy is uh, over scared. scared. Excuse me. That's 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 where I blatantly oh. ripped off the segment from is yeah, NPR's pop culture out. happy hour, where they, <laughs> they every week they have what's making us happy. <clears throat> what's making me scared this week is uh, over the uh, Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, I found out from my aunt that uh, my grandmother saw The Exorcist with her at a drive-in. <laughs> When it came out. Now, I just want to... My, my grandmother is one of the most saintly... Or was. She's passed away. She's one of the most saintly people mm-hmm. ever to have lived. Her father was a pastor. She was one of the most religious people in a very conservative church, the Church of Christ. Um, so the idea of her going with her daughter and her husband wedged in between them at a drive-in theater and <laughs> watching one of the most, like, scariest blasphemous, time, scariest movies people. of all time, especially in the early 70s. It yeah. had to just blown their minds. <laughs> and, like, her watching it, and apparently she enjoyed it. Like, my, my aunt, I was like, oh, does she, like, want to leave halfway through it or what? And my aunt was like, no, no, she she sat and watched it. She liked it. She liked it. <laughs> I just think that's so... Yeah, it's just such a bizarre thing. It's such a fun thing to find out about someone, like, after their they're dead. I mean, like, you know, like it's, it's a woman I love very much. And then yeah, you think, you know, everything about someone. And then you find out this little nugget of like, wow, like she watched this hardcore horror movie. Like when it came out, she was one of the first people that, you know, embraced it in the Bible belt. She's watching it, you know, like, and it's good to go. Like, I don't know. It's just, it was it really cool. super scary watching that at a drive through as a or, or drive in as opposed yeah. to like a movie theater where you walk out the movie theater and it's a bright light. So you go to the bathroom, you get a popcorn. But this is just, you just crank your car up and you just drive and... Drive? You leave. Oh, you leave. drive home. I don't know what you mean. But there's no, like, bright lights. There's nothing to break right. it up. It's, like, dark yeah. consistently. <laughs> it seems really scary. I just... Uh, um, but, yeah, that just tickled me to no, no means. And it, or no end, rather. And, like, uh, and, and just to, to add a little spice to the story, uh, we called my grandmother Big Mama. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this picture Big Mama watching... Uh, Watching The Exorcist, all oh, that poor that poor woman. It's Just... interesting. I think I don't know if you are, but I am kind of really interested in people seeing movies at movie theaters. Like when your parents told us that they saw yeah. Jaws, like and I think your dad commented either Jaws or another movie with, with the with the music. Was it Jaws? Jaws, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, that's like they got to experience that like firsthand. I think that's I don't know. I like that. Well, it's, I mean, I think, I uh, like, future generations will say the same thing about something like The Sixth Sense, bringing that back in, mm-hmm. you know, like, well, you know, because it's part of our public consciousness now, kind of, the twist. So, I, I think there would be some people that would be really interested to know, like, oh, what was that like, seeing that in the theater and yeah. not having any idea what was going to happen. 
uh, Alien is another great example with the chestburster. Mm-hmm. You know, like the first. Or even just like iconic movies, though. Like, yeah, just being like on the first wave of it. Yeah. When a couple of um, your friends that we went to breakfast with and we mentioned seeing was it Jurassic Park and they're like, oh, that's really cool. Like even something like that. It's true. Yeah, you some of my younger coworkers. <laughs> we had we had uh, <laughs> breakfast with them one time. And uh, we, yeah, we mentioned seeing Jurassic Park yeah. and they were super impressed. They're like, that's cool. <laughs> so I, I think that's uh, cool. Yeah. I'm old! <laughs> but are there movies that out. you're happy you got to see in the movie theater? Like, right. I'm happy I got to see, like, Friday, like, Nightmare on Elm Street in the theater in the 80s. Like, I mean, are, the, are coming to America in the movie theaters. Yeah. I think that's cool. It means I'm older, but what was I like the, it. What was the first movie you saw in the movie theater? That I remember. That's a t- I, I will bring you back to the drive-in. I saw uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan in, this, in the drive-in theater. Who my dad's selling. 82. 82. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think my first one was Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Awesome. Was like I remember seeing that in the theater. Yeah. yeah. I remember my mom took me and some other kids. And then, uh, and like I was saying earlier, I saw Gremlins at the drive-in. Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom. I saw that at the drive-in. Was that 82? 84. 84. Gremlins is 84 as well. Okay, so there was definitely Return of the Jedi. (laughs) I don't remember the first one I saw, but I know I saw The Golden Child in the movie theaters. And that was 1986. Mm. So it would have been four, but I distinctly remember... Seeing that yeah. because the blood and the oatmeal was really <laughs> disturbing. Um, so that has a twenty six percent of Rotten Tomatoes. The Golden Child, <laughs> blasphemy. That's hilarious. I, 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 I want the knife, <laughs> please. What was? Uh, yeah, What was? What year was? Neverending Story. Because the I saw never, that in the theater too. Really? Yeah. The Neverending Story. Eighty five. Eighty four. That's pretty cool. That's very cool. Yeah, See, it's kind of cool, like, as an adult, these movies that have now become, like, classics or icons, and you're like, I saw right. that. We yeah. saw Independence Day, and, you know, cool. Pretty Woman. It's pretty awesome to me, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm easily impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I will marry... What did it say? I will pay a woman... I will pay a prostitute because it's oh, cheaper than marriage. The foreign, the foreign title yeah. for Pretty Woman. Oh, yeah. Yes, at the age of how... Was it 1990? Eight years old, I saw a movie about a prostitute. With the heart of gold. With the heart of gold. <laughs> I always think of that whenever I hear a, you know that Prince song. I always imagine her in the bathroom and the. Oh yeah. Just What's what's the first horror movie you saw in the theater? Do you think? I got mine. Let's see if I figure it out. From what I remember, well, hold on. It might be Child's Play. I think Child's Play beat out. Nightmare on Elm Street, the one where she turns into a roach, I think that was like 87 or 88. So I think Child's Play came before that. So I'm going to say Child's Play. How about you? I saw Amityville 3D (laughs) when it came out. I think my dad thought, oh, it's 3D. It'll be fun. And it was just like, you know, it was actually mostly a boring movie, but it was scary, obviously, for the age I was. Um, Gremlins might be yours. Yeah, you saw it in the theater because I saw I saw Amityville before Gremlins. I'm pretty sure. I don't really think of Gremlins as a horror movie necessarily, though. But you're right. I guess it is a horror movie. I mean, you could pick a more traditional horror movie. 
Um, other, other than that, I would think like Halloween H2O. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like there's got to be something I saw before that, though. But you didn't see just, Scream? Because I'm pretty sure that came out before. I saw Scream 2 in the yeah. theater. I, didn't, I saw the first Scream on like VHS. But. I saw one of the Poltergeist movies. Obviously, it had to have been two or three because two or the one was nineteen eighty two. So that's when I was born. But I do remember mm. seeing a Poltergeist. So I think eighty eight because Poltergeist three is eighty eight. Eighty eight is when I saw my scary movies in a the theater. Hmm. In the theater. I wish I had a better answer. <laughs> Amityville three D, by the way, came out in nineteen eighty three. I would have been like four, like four and a half. <laughs> oh, I see the monsters in three days. Like what? it's just like ridiculous. What, what was yours? Like, well, Gremlins or Halloween H two O. That's a big gap. Yeah, I was like eighteen. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Is there a reason that you did not like scary movies when you were younger? Um, well, I just didn't watch them at all. I just didn't have an interest in them, and I was like, I think I was too scared to watch them. I yeah. think the closest thing to an actual horror movie I watched when I was little was like Puppet Master. Yeah. At a friend's house one night, we're like, let's read a scary movie. Let's watch Puppet Master. And we're like, this is not scary. <laughs> it's cool because back then everyone went to like video rental stores, yeah. so you were you would be scared just from the covers exactly of yeah. the video cassettes. Yeah. yeah, I think like my idea in my head of what I was gonna see was far worse than what it actually yeah. was. So you watch like, it as an adult and you're like, oh, like why was I afraid of this? Yeah, yeah. that's that's what happened when I was like 18. I saw H2. I was like, that was pretty cool. I wonder if there's other movies right. I would like. And then I start watching other ones. I was like, oh, Nightmare on <laughs> Street's kind of neat. That's you know. Um, okay, so I think we've got it all just about wrapped up for the next movie. We had an idea of allowing. Our listeners to decide what we're going to watch next via Twitter. So we will post uh, when we're close close to recording. We will give you four options. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're probably going to put Changeling on there. Uh, potentially uh, Coven of American mm-hmm. movie fame, uh, and we've got a couple other slots. So we will leave it up to you guys. So don't forget to follow us at HA Horrorcast, and I guess we'll put all the other social networking stuff in that little clip. Okay. All right. So. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Happy holidays from the Half-Assed Horror Cast crew. Happy holidays. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Half-Assed Horror Cast. You can find us on Instagram at Half-Assed Horror Cast, Facebook at Half-Assed Horror, Twitter at H-A Horror Cast, and you can send us an email at halfassedhorrorcast at gmail.com or visit our website, halfassedhorrorcast.com. Yeah.